All right. Welcome back to another episode of The Sisters. We'll see you now. We are so excited to be back for season three. We hope that you missed us. We certainly missed you and our little hiatus that we took. Um, but we are happy to be back in this new season, this new year. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Back to the happy roaring 20s. 2020. <laughs> the roaring 20s. Yes, I love it. Uh, this year is going to be roaring for sure. There is so much in store. What a roller coaster we've got. Absolutely. And so as we move into 2020, um, it's that time of year every time the new year, but not let alone now we've got a whole new decade where people are new year, new me. They want to start talking about changes that they want to make. People are doing their whole 30, their dry January, all kinds of things to look forward to the new year. But Dr. Keisha and I actually want to kind of pause you there for a second because sometimes it's hard to look forward before we look back. So this episode, we're going to talk about self-reflection. And so Dr. Keisha, I think a lot of people are asking self-reflection, sure, how does that relate to my health? Why, why would two doctors be talking about this? So Dr. Keisha, how does this relate to our health? Right. It's so important to just sometimes take a moment to look back where you've come from and show some appreciation and gratitude for that or upset or anger, you know, whatever the emotions that come with, um, with looking back, it's good to recognize and validate them. But you can't just uh, start piling new stuff on top if you haven't really taken the time to really reflect and build on what's what's happened in the past. So, um you know, self-reflection is really an important part of, um, of wellness. And, and a lot of times we don't really take time to do that, um, to reflect on ourselves and our life and our health. So we're going to make you, we're, we're forcing you to pause and just think a little bit about how 2019 went. Another thing, um, I know in, in my practice, when we talk about the pillars of health, so pillars of health, eat well, move more, stress less, and connect deeply. And that connect deeply is something that um, I think patients aren't used to talking with their doctor about. Um, they're used to hearing their doctor tell them to eat better and to exercise more and even to stress less so that their blood pressure will get better. But I know that what I've seen in my patients is that those who connect deeply to something outside of themselves, who find purpose, do so much better in their health. Um, I see this a lot in my seniors who may have retired and where, you know, before their purpose might have been in their job and or in raising their kids. And now the kids are out of the house and the job is done and they can flounder a little bit in their health um, or in my very elderly patients who may feel like, why, gosh, why am I still here? you know, what, what purpose do I have? And so doing some work to think about what your purpose is. Um, my grandmother likes to say, if you woke up this morning, then God still has work for you to do. So spend a little bit of time thinking about what that work is, um, is really important, not just for your mental health, but for your physical health as well. We know that people do well when they are in sync, both mentally and physically. And, you know, also thinking about, um, you know, what you like, want your life to look like. So really that full life. So, you know, you've got pleasure, pleasurable emotions, that in the moment thing, you know, eating ice cream, having massage, that thing that helps you feel good for right now, but then it ends. Um, 
there's engagement, which is being absorbed in something. Maybe you're working in something for the moment or you're training for a marathon. Um, I would never do that, but Dr. Maya has. She, she's the marathon. To be fair, I did do a half marathon in med school, one of my grandest accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> we all went to celebrate with her, and that's about as close to a marathon as I'll ever get. But kudos to all of you <laughs> marathon runners out there. There's a lot more than you used to be. Um, so engagement, being absorbed in something, training for a marathon. And then you've got that meaning, having a meaningful life, serving something larger than yourself, um, you know, community, justice. Uh, the goodness of humanity. All of those are important, but if you really want to have a full life, you need to have a balance of all three to really create joy and happiness in your life. If you have a life that is just filled with pleasurable moments, you will have a lot of happy moments, but you won't have that, that sense of joy that overarches everything. At the same time, if you fully devote yourself to something outside of yourself, justice, and you don't take time to be engaged in some things and to have those pleasurable moments, then you also can become overwhelmed and burned out and not as effective as you really need to be. So really, it's having the balance of pleasure, engagement, and meaning in your life to really have that full, joyful life that I think that we're looking for. Dr. Keisha, I think I'm going to interrupt you really quickly because I think that brings up a really uh, important point because I think that we both engage with frequently people who have who have these quote unquote very meaningful jobs where they do a lot of things to kind of help the community and can be burnt out. And when you talk about kind of the lives these people live and you talk about how they're having difficulty kind of continuing going through this day to day, some people are surprised like, what? This person is XYZ. They do this amazing thing. I can't believe that they're not interested or engaged in this every day. And I'm like, you know, sometimes if that becomes your day to day, it's your rote thing, you're not paying attention, you're not being mindful of the exciting things that you get to participate on a daily basis, anything can become burdensome. And so I think it is really important to balance all of those things so that you can engage and continue to see the joy in what you're doing on a daily basis so that what you're doing can continue to be meaningful and that you want to continue to engage in it on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely right. And, you know, you can just get caught up in the humdrum stuff of, you know, if you're saving the planet every single day and then don't take time to actually enjoy the planet that you're working to save, well, then what's it all for? And so if you're a caregiver and you're beating yourself up about, you know, doing all of the caregiving for this person, but don't actually get to enjoy the time that you have with that person, well, then why, what are you, why are you caregiving? So a lot of it is just taking some time to be present in the moment of what you're doing, showing some appreciation for that. So Dr. Maya, I'm going to turn it back over to you as we kind of talk about closing down 2019 and reflecting back on the year. Yeah. So when you kind of take a moment to think about self-reflection and what that means, it's really kind of trying to turn the microscope onto yourself to get a little bit of insight into how things went so that you have a better understanding um, to move forward and make goals for what's coming next. And so there are some questions that you can ask yourself uh, when trying to do this self-reflection, like, what are you proud of? What are some things that happened in 2019 that you really enjoyed that you definitely want to put at the top of your accomplishments list because you're really proud of what you did. And then also, you know, there are some things that are you're proud of that 
you kind of kept to yourself. And then there are some things that you're proud of that you kind of celebrated and shared with the world. And so it can also be helpful to look back at the things that you're proud of and try and decide whether or not you really acknowledge those accomplishments appropriately. Did you really take a beat and take some time maybe to share your proudest accomplishments with the people you love? And if you didn't, that can be a thing that you look going forward. How can I better celebrate my accomplishments? And so much, you know, one side of the coin is things that you did well and you're very proud of, but we don't all succeed at everything we try. You know, learning, a large component of learning is failing. And so it's important to take a step and assess what are some things that I failed at and really investigate those things, maybe take some time to figure out why they failed. But failure isn't necessarily a bad thing. So did you take your time to forgive yourself for those failings? And more importantly, did you learn from those failings? Did you really appreciate what happened and then learn something from it so that going forward into 2020, when you're setting these new goals, you can change it so that that same failure doesn't happen again? I was just listening to a talk recently and it was talking about failure and, you know, reflect on those failures. And they interviewed some people who talked about their failures and how they, you mm. know, grew from it and learned from it. And basically the take home message was that if you're not failing, then you're not trying. And that was a whole new perspective of, you know, if you're not failing at some things, then you're not pushing hard enough. Then maybe you're playing it a little bit too safe and maybe you need to be stepping out a little bit more and pushing a little bit harder on some things if you, if you haven't experienced failure. So that was kind of a lesson to myself because I don't want to fail and I don't want to see things go wrong. And so work really hard to line everything up so that it, so that we don't see a failure. And maybe that means, oh, well, maybe I need to step out a little bit more. Maybe I need to jump when I don't always feel ready. So absolutely. That was my failure lesson. And so in that space where you take the self-reflection and then you use that to help set your 2020 goals, um, or your goals for whatever next thing is coming, it's important to set SMART goals, which you can't see me because this is a podcast, but I'm saying SMART in quotations. Big old air quotes. So Dr. Air Keisha, quote. tell us, right? My air quotes, my air <laughs> quotes. Um, so Dr. Keisha, give us a little bit more information about what a SMART goal is. Okay, so a SMART goal is specific, measurable, attainable, or achievable, relevant, realistic, and timely. And so what that means is generic goal would be, I'm going to be healthier in 2020. And if you want to turn that into something that's a SMART goal, so I'm going to be healthier. How do you make that specific? I'm going to lose weight. Okay. How do you make that measurable? I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Okay. Is that achievable? Maybe, maybe not. For some people, losing 10 pounds is achievable. May not be appropriate. For some people, might need to lose more. For some people, ten, they don't need to lose 10 pounds. So is that goal attainable, achievable? Is it relevant? Maybe you've set the goal as I'm going to lose 10 pounds in 2020, but really the goal should be 50 pounds in 2020. So making sure that that goal that you've set is appropriate. And is it time bound or timely? So what's the time frame around it? For example, just saying, I'm going to be healthier in 2020 what's the time frame? I'm going to lose 10 pounds by X date. And here's the steps that I need to do to do that. We want to encourage all of you to set a health goal in 2020 and share it with us on Instagram, but not just a general goal. Make it specific. Is it around weight? Is it around 
eating? Is it around exercise? I've committed that I'm not going to waste money on an exercise program this year. And I'm also going to not stop paying for my exercise program. So that means I have to go to all my classes that I've paid for <laughs> um, and find a way and look at the month to, uh, to plan it out. So what are your specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound goals for 2020? So as we were preparing for this episode, we came across an excellent quote by Zora Neale Hurston that says, there are years that ask questions and years that answer, which is such a, it's a really powerful quote if you really take the time to kind of investigate what she's saying. And so the only way to really know if 2019 answered questions or created more questions that need to be answered is to really take the time to self-reflect on 2019 and to kind of help you figure out whether, whether 2020 is going to be a planning year or a questioning year is to kind of help set some goals up so that you have an idea of what 2020 is going to bring. And certainly your goals could all be in the health realm, but they certainly don't need to be. A lot of goals can be in regards to your personal relationships or your work life or your exercise. You know, there's obviously goals can be created around anything that's important to you. But as we take the time to close out this episode, I would like to bring up one thing that I'm going to shout out my friend Laura here. Me and my girlfriends got together this past weekend and in trying to come up with a plan for 2020, she presented to us this concept called the three words. And so this is something that was created by Chris Brogdon on his website, chrisbrogdon.com. He goes into what the three words are, and he explains that it's an activity that he's been doing since 2006, where he creates three words kind of as a mantra that he uses to kind of help set the tone for the year. And they don't have to be lofty words. Uh, they can be made up words if you'd like them to be. Um, but taking, you know, taking the time to think about what you want this next year to have or to be. So taking the time to look back at 2019, see what was there, see potentially what was lacking and how you'd like to grow from that in 2020 to help develop and really set things off. What do you want things to be for this next decade? What do you want things to look like for this next year? And so taking these three words to kind of be the layout, the plan for what that's going to be. Um, and so big shout out to Laura for introducing that to us. Um, but that could be a challenge for everybody. Come up with your three words. You don't necessarily have to explain them. You don't have to share them with anyone. If you'd like to share them, we would be happy uh, to know what your three words are going to be for the year. And it's important that once you've decided what those three words are going to be, to put them in action means that you have to actually remember what they are, one, and to look back at them on a regular basis to make sure that the things that you're choosing to do fall in line with those three words, which thus fall in line with your goals for the year. So, Dr. Maya, what are your three words? Oh, I should have known that question was coming. Uh, luckily, I did write my three words down. For 2020, my three words are plan, action, and lifestyle which I think kind of all go together. What is planning without action, right? Are kind of my three words. Dr. Keisha, did you come up with any words? So my three words, and I actually have to give credit to AAFP, Academy of Family Physicians, because these three words actually were the theme for one of the leadership conferences that I went to several years back, but they still really resonate with me. And they resonate with me actually a lot more now this year in 2020 than they did then when I went to the conference. And so the words are create, inspire, lead. 
and, you know, create just, I'm working on a lot of different things in the creative process this year, this podcast being one of them, but some other things in, in the creative space, which um, I am not typically a creative person. So <laughs> that's a little bit of a push for me, hoping that some of that creativity will be inspiring to others and leading. I'm in a new job this year. I think we talked before about, I went through a job transition and leading in a different way. And so really trying to lean into that, figuring out what that looks like. So exciting things and lots of newness in 2020 for both of us. Absolutely. Excited for the new year, the new decade. We're also excited because we have a new social media account. We finally have a Twitter, so you can find us at The Sisters. We'll see you now. Or our actual handle is at Sisters C on Twitter. You can find us at Sisters. We'll see you now on Instagram. You can email us. Sisters, we'll see you now at gmail.com. We want to interact with you on social media. Let us know your three words. Let us know your smart health goal. Um, and let us know what ideas, topics, things you want to hear about um, in the coming season. We've got some great ideas, but we always love to hear questions from you, things you'd like to know, questions you don't necessarily ask your doctor because you might be a little too embarrassed to do it face to face. Have a great one. We'll see you next time.